0: Love Talk Radio. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix,
1: take it away. Hello. We are taking it to our hearts right now. <laughs> it's a lovely Mercury retrograde right now. Yep. Started. Yay. Uh, yay. Yep. So this is a technical pre-record. Yeah. Even though it's being live now, but it's pre-record for tomorrow. Right. Due to scheduling conflicts. Right. Yes. So. Yeah. But so I. Dare I ask, in all of the myriad of weeks that we have not been on air,
2: how things have gone for you. Just pick a week, pick a day. Yeah, I mean, pretty good, actually. Uh, I've been doing, and I know that this is kind of um, happening For a lot of people right now, like this sort of purging, cleansing thing, and Mm -hmm. some of it's like you know Marie Kondo the tidying up thing or whatever. That's not why I got started on it, but obviously I'm picking that energy up in the world. Uh, But I've purged a lot. I you know cleaned out like medicine cabinets and under the sink in the bathroom, and (laughs) I've thrown a ton of stuff away. And I, uh, you know, I I used to work from home. For many years, mm-hmm. and when I worked from home, I was a much better housekeeper mm-hmm. because I was home. Yeah, you know, and if it was, I I'm going to go clean the bathroom and, instead of work, right? Right. To distract, like distract myself. And I haven't worked at home in many years, so my house hasn't had a really deep clean mm-hmm. in in years. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gross and embarrassing, actually. <laughs> so uh, my my partner was out of town, and I had this wild hair to. Scrub, and I spent two days. Wow! Just cleaning one room. Wow! I scrubbed the hell out of my bathroom. I bleached every inch of it. I, I, scraped up the grout stuff and relaid it. And like I, I busted my butt cleaning oh the gosh. bathroom. And it looks so nice now that I don't want to use it. (laughs) (laughs) We will make it a museum piece. Yeah, and now I'm like, okay, what room is next? You know, I'm kind of feeling that vibe, even though I have so much other stuff to be working on right Right. now that it feels important to... to kind of purge and clean, and I chopped all my hair off yesterday. Yes, I will attest to the fact that when she walked in, it's it is gone. definitely short. It was past my butt yesterday morning, yeah. and now it's above my shoulder, and I love it. I'm like so light, and it's flippy. Yeah. You can you can yeah. I, I'm moving my head right now, feeling yeah. it flip around. So yeah, it, that is that is what is happening in wow. the world. Wow. Yeah. How are you? Wow. Well, well, let's see. Um,
1: the funny part is, is the purging process has been going on for about two, two and a half years. Yeah. Because when I moved into where I'm at, it's a mobile home. It's you know a thousand square feet plus something. I had a huge house that I lived in and then moved in and did a lot of purging at that time. But there's stuff that I just sort of stuck in the places, and as it's Moved usually when I get ready to take a trip, especially it's the trip I take is to my daughters. Invariably, I spend the month before there is an area, I perch. I close electronics, who knows what it could be. I've given up even having a thought of how it functions. It's just suddenly I'm doing it. And because I usually like to clean before I leave, yeah, and um, I have all the prep stuff to do for the animals and everything, and so it seems that that's what's been happening, so I don't have that intense or even uh the feel of that. Mm-hmm. It's very funny because one of my clients was talking about the five points and that you know where they are and what the, and I'm listening to this going, <laughs> okay it will be the biggest thing for some point in time, and it is yeah. about taking and, un, you know, unburdening yourself, um, I think where I'm at more than anything is I have been doing, it's personal stuff inside, yeah, and it's connections that I've been watching, I don't want to say dissolve, but it release to different situations and places and people. And because we're sitting across from each other right now for one of the few times that we've been doing this, um, I'm setting up something with regards to a magical working. So I've got a bunch of little houses and things. And Mm -hmm. it's it's starting to be where I need to start putting energy into that, but I have to clear out some resistance in me yeah. so I'm doing that part more than the actual and, and I have been doing a lot of that over a period of time so I get to paperwork and it's like the shredding company loves me because I've got all this <laughs> stuff there's only one place I haven't done and that's the shed and I would have done it but we've got so much rain I'm not about ready to slog out in the mud and last year it got so hot that it was almost like, I don't care, it's baking out there. Right. So there's certain things that have kind of stopped it, because I do have, like, tax stuff from 10 years
2: ago that needs to go now. Right. Um yeah, it's funny how quickly 10 years ago stuff is all of a sudden 10 years old. I know,
1: I know. Well, I mean, you know, I was talking to someone and, and it was like I've been where I'm at for almost 13 years. Right. I've been at, a, you know, Lucky Mojo for 10 and a half almost, right. you know, and I'm like, how did that really happen? So clearing out is, is a part of, you know, and, I'm, and I think Mercury Retrograde, even though I use it as a a point people look at it as horrible communication. I look at it as clearing out, going back and clearing out. Evaluating, stuff. yeah. Reassessing. Yeah, it's a good time for so, all stuff. Yeah, so that's been what I've been doing and, and I think it's just frustrated that the weather has been I love weather, I love my I love the rain. I'm a fire person and I love the rain. That's yeah. really weird. Um but I don't know. It's just like it's been, it's also clearing out stuff. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff. So I've been noticing that. So we're on a pattern, obviously. Hopefully there will be other things that will get cleared out that we will talk about later. But our subject is candle magic. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Now... There's a humorous anecdote to this.
2: Uh, We've tried to have different shows scheduled for this right We've tried to do a, a candle magic show a handful of times yes least. <laughs>
1: and this seems to have been we were we were very concerned that if it if we had any problem <clears throat> we would definitely shelve candle magic for some other time right so I think now it's okay to do it right we're fine, yeah okay. So with that, what is it that we are looking at candle magic? obviously, it's the element of fire, mm-hmm. most obvious, yeah, um, but it also includes air and earth, doesn't it? Sure,
2: totally, yeah, yeah, so, so totally. I think for me, candle magic is often <laughs> my first step in mm-hmm. a situation, mm-hmm. you know if. If I get an email from a friend or a text message, like, oh hey, um, my mom's in the hospital, or oh hey, I lost my job today, or I'm I'm having a rough day, I, my, often my first uh, response is I'm gonna go light a candle for you, mm-hmm. just to send a little bit of energy, to have a little bit of of connection, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it sustains itself. So it's not like I have to sit there and and. Chant or pray or focus. Right. Like I can focus and light the candle, and then the candle sort of takes over. Right. So it's it's often my first go to, and it, that, that's true with more in, in depth spell work too. If there's a situation I want to do spell work around, often my first step is to light a candle. Right. And sort of see how that goes mm-hmm. before I do something maybe more involved or complicated. Kind of a barometer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and I think that. It's also
1: very visceral. You can watch a candle burn, and it goes from this fire
2: to liquid to mm-hmm. you know it disappears, yeah, it burns away. well, I think that's something we almost take <coughs> for granted as modern humans is how long has fire been our source of light in the darkness, mm-hmm. and that for a very long time mm-hmm. electricity mm-hmm. is not that old in the in the scheme of humanity okay? right it's It's a rather modern invention, right and and even at, for decades after electricity was invented only very wealthy people had it mm-hmm. so candles have been our source of light for a very long time mm-hmm. candles are fire right, right you know yeah. so it, it there is a magic to it and i teach a class on candle magic mm-hmm. and the very first thing that i talk about is think about millions of years ago when lightning struck a tree and it caught on fire and how the humans were able to take that and use it. Mm-hmm. What a revolution that mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. So that the magic of fire, even though we may take it for granted, and even though we can now flip a light switch and electronic fire exists mm-hmm. for us, that uh, immense power, the magic and mystery of it, is mm-hmm. still in our DNA. It's mm-hmm. still in our blood and bones. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not hard to imagine if you've ever had the power go out, which all of us have, <laughs> yes, it, when the when the you know the electricity goes out and you have to light candles or put on a fire or you've been camping and you sit around a, a campfire mm-hmm. or you go to the beach and you have a bonfire, mm-hmm. there is something magical about it, right? And that's what for me, that's what's so special about candle magic is it's taking this this thing, this mysterious thing, and, and distilling it down into this very pure. Point right, yeah, right, and
1: I know that um, it's interesting you talk about that because I talked to my daughter, and of course, they're having now very cold weather, they had snow, and um they actually thought they were going to get snowed in, so they had to go stay in town so they could oh, go to work, Wow, That's because they're they're out in the country, but not like way out, but enough that it definitely would be like well as we've experienced here with the recent rains there are areas that you get stuck in yeah. because of the element right and so they were talking about the fire cuz they they have their central heating but because electricity is expensive yeah. they also have pellet stoves and you know in their fireplaces and so they were talking about tending them Uh, and banking them and doing this whole thing. And there's an art to that. And there is. And I'm fascinated that my child, who's grown to this wonderful woman, is so adept at this. It's just it totally amazes me that, you know, this was something she never really had to think about because if it was we were the ones doing it here, if there were things when we did have fireplaces in the houses we were living in, Now she's doing it right. So it is something that
2: is, on its own right, an actual art. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And and that's another thing. I think you know some of these forces of nature to make it sound a little bit more dramatic. (laughs) We, we do take for granted. I, I can't bank a fire. It, it's not just, it sounds so easy. Oh, we'll just bank the fire, and, you know, in the morning it'll still be going. It, it's not that easy to do, uh-uh. especially if you don't know what you're doing and you've never done it before. Right, right. <laughs> you
1: know? And And it just, it. I'm used to now, in the more modern sense, I'm used to the fact that we have, you know, the the electronics and the right. gas fires and, you know, things
2: that you don't have to start from scratch and keep going. Right, and if you're super modern and you live in a house, you know, like in the state of California, if you live in a house that's been built in the last 15 years, maybe even 20, you can't have a wood-burning stove. Nope. You, can, you can have a gas fireplace. Right, but you can't have a wood burning fire. Right. It's interesting cuz the house that I was in before this was built, you know, at that time
1: where you could, you know, it's, you know, that was when it started and the fireplace is a fireplace and it has the gas coming in and you know, you can put logs on it and stuff like that. Sure. But the thing is is that if the gas goes out for one reason or other, you can't have gas. You can't build a fire in there. Why? Because the flashing around is not strong enough to withstand the heat of a real wood-burning right, right. fire. gas fire doesn't get as hot. Yeah. yeah, and I was, you know, I looked at this and I thought, well, because I've always lived in houses that had those available. That was, that was, whether it was in Southern California or up here in Northern California, and this was one of the, the it was like the second house I had a rental. But it was like I realized we have nothing to bank on, literally. If our heat goes out in gas and electric, yeah, because yeah, unless you want to bring in one of those little things into your house, and of course that becomes a, a questionable fire hazard too, you don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but that's the element, and this is the 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 more controlled way of dealing with this element is with a candle. Right, you know the actual making it uh, finite and and enclosed in a manner. So yeah, and of course, with all due respect, we want everyone to understand the um,
2: protections that need to be taken of where you do your candle work. Yes, this is so. Point number one in my candle magic workshop. (laughs) Ooh, magic! Point number two, don't be dumb. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'll admit, and we may have even talked about this on other shows, I'll admit to being dumb. Mm-hmm. For many years, I would, especially glass and case candles, I left glass and case candles burning in my house all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time, 24-7, whether someone was home or not, I didn't even worry about it. And then two things happened. One, there's a, a shop in San Francisco that's a pagan store, and one of the owners, the owners are a couple. And they would burn candles for people in their apartment. And one night, a candle burnt, knocked over, and their apartment caught on fire, and one of them died. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, oh, for real. Mm -hmm. And then I know a second person who a candle fell over, caught the house on fire. No one died but their entire house burned down. Right. Two people, candles burned down their houses. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we had the major fires here in Santa Rosa, Two years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, since the fires, even though I knew someone who had died from candle fire, I still burned candles. Then, after the fires in Santa Rosa, I don't, I don't do it anymore. I still mm-hmm. burn candles, but I extinguish them when I leave, exactly. and I relight them when I
1: come home. Exactly. And um, we've even had a closer point of reference when um, the Lucky Mojo's Church exactly burned. For you know, it's it is an element that is not hundred percent safe. Yeah, and um, you know, glass candles crack. Right. It, it, there, there is no safe. way of doing it safely. No, there is none. No. So you need to make sure that any magic work you do with candles, specifically, you have a safe place to play. You, you work with them. You make sure there isn't cloth hanging and and all kinds of stuff that you need to be very consistent with where the flame is. Because sometimes the candle flames will get very large Mm -hmm. and flicker like what's happening right now. (laughs) On our phone line.
2: On our phone line. (laughs) Interesting. If you can hear that, we can hear it too. Yes. (laughs) It's very strange. And we're talking yeah we'll but, see how that goes
1: yes yeah, so that's very important and i i stress it because i've had clients that i've had them do work on their side and they fell asleep with the candle going woke up to find that part of their altar and the cloth and it was going up the wall was burning right so um it is a very beautiful thing. It's very hypnotic. It, it, it does have that beautiful kind of sense of you meditate with a candle, but you really, really need to be careful. Yeah. So now that we've done our, our warning, right? let's jump into some information so that people can understand what we've been babbling about. Yes. Okay. So we have colors mm-hmm. of candles. Yep. We have types of candles and we have how to dress and pray over them. So right. where would you like to start, my dear?
2: Let's start with, uh, I, I don't know, maybe we should start with types of candles. Okay. Right? Because depending on the type of candle, you would dress it or bless it or anoint it or get it ready for your spell work, however right. you want to phrase that, different ways, right? Right. right. Uh, and there are... I'll give you a handful of candles, and there are a thousand more because candles have become quite a commodity beyond yeah. witchcraft. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it always has been. I mean, that's silly, but, but you know, they're, um, you can find candles molded into virtually any shape or form now, and that can come in handy if you use a, a, what they're called in hoodoo as a figural candle, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. using that terminology, if you have a specific situation you might choose a figural candle that is related to that situation. Exactly. If you're doing a, a spell for love, you might use a figural candle of a couple or uh, two individual people and moving them closer to each other as right. the candles burn. If you have a sick cat and you want to do a healing spell, you might get a cat candle, mm-hmm. right? You let your imagination run wild with mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have glass-encased candles, which you may see in different places referred to as seven-day candles. Mm-hmm. And they used to burn for seven days. That's why they're called seven-day candles. Mm-hmm. If you lit the candle and let it go, seven days later it should finish burning. That's not really how it works anymore. No. Because most candle companies don't use as high-quality ingredients as they did when the term seven-day candle was popularized. Right. Uh, so you may find a candle that burns for close to seven days. Usually five days is the average. Mm-hmm. And if it's a really shitty candle, which I've definitely burned, like a dollar store candle to just be totally transparent. Dollar store candles are great because they're cheap, but they don't burn very well, mm-hmm. and they burn quick because they're mostly water. Yeah. So seven-day candles, glass-encased candles. There are pillars, which are, are they're the long skinny. ones. The, the pillars I are mean, the pillars big, thick ones. Too. Yeah. Okay. So that's light. like a glass-encased candle without the glass. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: tapers or the long, are the long skinny ones. skinny ones, and they can either be very tapered and very skinny, or they can be thicker right. and still be considered taper candles. Right, and
2: then the little four-inch taper candles are often referred to as chime or prayer candles. Right. Birthday candles, obviously. Yes. Don't take birthday candles for granted. You can do... Oh, they're great. The they're great. They're great because you can burn them anywhere, and
1: yeah. no one will know. And that's it. And the other ones you can get, now this is also, are the candles that they use in the menorahs. Yeah. Now, those are only specific colors. it's blue and white. Yeah. But um, they are a candle. Yep. Style. Yeah. And then the, the ones I love are the little metal tea candles, yeah. tea light candles. Yeah. Um, most people put them in little glass. Containers and right. you know it's very pretty and there's a lot of decorative things so you have that going for you or you can just utilize it and it does they do come in colors and sometimes you can find the colors better in places like uh, craft stores right because of
2: weddings and right. and holidays right. and stuff yeah. but um yeah candles are not hard to find they're no. freaking everywhere yeah they come in a variety of colors and scents and sizes and shapes and. So, part of the candle magic process, obviously, is what what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What is your magic for? What's mm-hmm. your intention? Mm-hmm. And then going and finding the right size, shape, color, and scent, even mm-hmm. that matches your intention, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you have. So many options, right? And you Fun just with it. yeah, you just decide and follow the
1: thing. Sometimes it's actually a necessity, and time is of the element. So you're not going to go looking for one that has a super great scent and it has this. You're just going to want something to start working the magic, right. and um, so, and then depending on how long you want it to burn.
2: Yes, you know. Um, and think about that. You know, do you want? Do you want a longer spell working where you want a big, fat candle? You know, you can Mm -hmm. even get, like, these huge ones that are, like, the size of a dinner plate with three wicks on them or seven wicks on them. yeah. Or do you want to do small, focused, like, birthday candles, and you're going to burn one every single night? Yeah. Or, you know, a chime candle, which is a longer burning than a birthday candle, but not seven. Exactly. It's usually, you know, what I found is is that they can burn
1: probably two to – Three and a half, maybe four hours, depending. It's, it's you know, and it's an evening process that you would could do, or a time where you're home. Right. Um, the metal tea candles, you know, two to three hours, give right. or take. Right. That kind of a thing. So it depends on your time that you have allocated for what you want, and putting it out. That's the one thing we all have to talk about. This is not a birthday wish. You do not. Do not do not blow
2: a magic spell candle out. Right. Well, and I'm just going to be contrary for. Of a course second. you will, babe. I agree, actually, personally, I don't blow candles out. I feel like that's dissipating the magic. Yeah. Right. But I have a very dear friend who's actually a member of Air Chaz, mm-hmm. and he and I had this long conversation about blowing candles out, and he said, that's ridiculous. Blow your candles out. Who cares? He said, if you blow your candle out, you're sending your magic out into the world. And I was like, okay, I can I can honor that. I can hear that, but I couldn't possibly do it because <laughs> it goes against my personal superstitions. Well, especially if you're, and this is where I guess it would make a difference.
1: If you're trying to burn the candle and you need to put it out because the time limit of what you can do is, is ended. Yeah to blow what you've already been building and then it's going to, you're going to light it again and then you're going to do it's. Right. I would think it's like cooking. You want to simmer it, but then
2: I don't know, maybe people, you know, yeah. don't think of it that way, but. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, your mileage may vary. What mm-hmm. works for your magic is perfectly fine to mm-hmm. work for your magic. And there are different schools of thought about blowing out candles or extinguishing candles. Mm-hmm. So you you have to figure out what. Feels right for you right And
1: see I guess we're coming up with a, a theme here what feels right to you. Uh, magic is personal. You have structure and guidelines mm-hmm. but like anything else, it's this is personal to the person who's doing the magic right whether you're an initiate, an, a novice or a seasoned veteran so to speak. Um, There are times when you will find you won't do it the way you've done it before as Mm -hmm. you need to change it up. Right. Um, But guidelines are guidelines, and you you start with that and move forward on it and do the what feels right process. Right. So So, dressing a candle, how will we dress candles? We put little petticoats on, and and I like putting sunglasses on a lot of them. (laughs) Elvira is joking. Oh, yes, I am. Of course, I don't know. You might do a figure old candle, but you have to be careful when you start adding fabric, please. Don't, yes. that's, you know, it's just a comedy routine here. <laughs> but, um, so there's traditional ways yes. um, to bring something to you.
2: hmm
1: You, well, this is the way I was taught, so we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, is that you will point the wick towards you. hmm and dress from the base to the tip. Mm-hmm. If you're doing oils or working with energy and, and magic in that way, it's more you want it to come to you. If you're trying to do something to get rid of or send back, you reverse it where the tip goes out and you, you dress it base to tip but out. Mm. That's how I learned it. So, And then there's other versions and I think Phoenix is going to give you that.
2: Well, I, uh, similar and slightly different, mm-hmm. right? The way I was taught was the wick is always pointing out. Mm-hmm. And if it's something you're calling in, you dress the candle from the tip towards you. Mm-hmm. And if it's something you're wanting to banish or get rid of, then you start at, with you and move towards the tip. Mm-hmm. It's all, but always the, the wick is faced out. Right, yeah. right. So a similar idea. What are you are you calling it in or, send or are it. you sending it something right. away? And then you get into
1: well, I'm sending energy to so and so because I want them to love me. Mm-hmm. So you have to think of you want that love to come back to you. Right. So it's it's bringing it. We're having an interesting time with our landline. Yeah. Um. Coming it towards you and. I think that confuses people. Yeah. You know, so um, it's a real good thing to stick with a rule. If you want it to come towards you, you pull it, you know, right. towards you. Right. If you want the person to go away, you want whatever it is to go away, you want the situation to go away, you push it away from you. Right.
2: Yeah. Because you were the
1: one directing the magic, period. Right.
2: So... Yeah, and and specifically we're talking about anointing, right? Mm-hmm. Like anointing the candle with oil, mm-hmm. uh, and the type of oil that you would use is going to be based on what it is you're doing the magic for. So you're you know a, an essential oil, an olive oil, a plain oil, a blessed oil. The possibilities are endless, but ideally you'd want to use something in alignment that isn't a correspondence for what you want. And there's a book by Scott Cunningham, of course, because I'm always recommending Scott Cunningham. (laughs) Uh, It's called Incense, Oils, and Brews. Right. And then um, Scott Cunningham's uh, Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. These are good resources Mm -hmm. for the types of oils or herbs or, um, well, herbs and oils, period, that you might want to use to anoint your candles. Um, And it'll tell you, you know, the magical correspondences. Even there's a lot of recipes in the incense, oils, and brews book that can help you um, start to play with recipes. and Making your own blends and creations for for anointing oils. Uh, And sometimes it's helpful if you're using an anointing oil on a candle that you also anoint yourself with that oil. Right yeah right
1: which is which is good thing it's interesting because i we were talking about anointing directions, and i I'm one of the old old school here. I have books, and this is one that I had gotten way back called the Book of Practical Candle Magic like by Leo Vinci mm. and he talks about something which talks about taking it from the center and going one way and then going to the other, which I could see why. If you're trying to attract somebody, yeah. okay, you go from, you know, and if you were talking about tip, you go the center being where you want the two of you to meet. Right. You go from one end for the other person and then from you to the center sure, as well. Sure. And um, a lot of people like to get really fancy and twist it, you know, kind of anoint it with a twist down and, you know, bring that energy. So it becomes its own dance. And I think that for me, I've kind of gotten, I have a way of doing it because I notice it works the best. I will utilize the oils and then... I like to do the rolling pin thing in the herbs or the the sachets. I love doing that, but I've also noticed it changes the way it burns the candle. Uh, And
2: explain what you mean by that. Okay. I know what you mean, but for those folks who have never done the rolling pin buffets. The rolling pin. I call it the rolling pin. I don't think anyone else does
1: it, but it does remind me of that, is that you can take some of the herbs, and I put them on a paper towel, and I kind of do that, or the sachet that you want, the powder. I use foil. And you use foil. And then I put it down, and then what I take is after I've oiled the candle, anointed it with the oils, then I will take it and literally roll it back and forth through the herbs or through the um, sachets and I even do, and then I kind of go, well, okay, but now I want to do that, and I will take it and put it so that I put the bottom side into the sachet Mm -hmm. and get it on the bottom, and then I put it in the candle holder. Now, to be fair, (laughs) again, we're talking fire. I guess that's because we've lived through a lot of it. Right. Is that you need to be aware of herbs that are dried and stick-like and can burn. You need to be aware of how they will burn attached to the candle and the oil. Right. Yeah. And quite frankly, sidebar about what I do, I do it with sachets. Yeah. Because the powders. Right. It's um, a little less of a problem. It's a little less of a problem. Yeah. But by doing that, it changes how the candle actually burns. Yeah. And I was fascinated when I started doing this and it started because the work that both Phoenix and I have done both at Lucky Mojo and the training that we took there, mm-hmm. part of the old way of doing things in the hoodoo tradition was to do that, to right. roll it into the herbs or the, the, the powders. And, um because I've never done that. I just anointed it with the oil, you know, and there we are. And this really fascinated me. So I started doing it, and I found that I really like how the candles burn. They will still drip. They will still do it. Mm -hmm. But they have more of a – I feel they're more encased in the energy that I want it to do when it burns. Right. So – that's my sidebar of what happened. <laughs> so I hope I did that well. I, I, you know, give you why I call it the rolling pin. I don't yeah. think anyone really has said that. It's just it says roll it in. No, it totally things. makes sense. But every time I do it, I think of rolling pins and doing yeah. baking.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: But um, I don't know. Should we take a break for a minute oh, here? We a break. I totally forgot about Yeah, that. I know.
2: We, we, no, we're running a little behind now. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Yeah.
0: Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Hour with Catherine Ironwood. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Route Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All-time specific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
2: Yay, all right,
1: well, Jeannie has said, and yeah. we have gone, okay, so um Phoenix might reminded me uh that there is other candles, so anointing glass and case candles yes. and would be another point
2: of reference, so and I like uh glass and case candles, I probably burn them more than other candles, so um. You know, you can anoint a glass-encased candle with oils. And in hoodoo especially, this is a thing uh, to poke holes, like, you know, to drill down holes uh-huh. to the top of the candle and put your oils or herbs into those holes or uh-huh. onto the top of the candle. And that's great. Uh-huh. But you can also anoint the glass. Or what I like to do is draw on the glass. Uh-huh. So I get um, glasses pens, which uh-huh. are, you know, paint pens, basically, that will stay on the glass. Otherwise, uh-huh. Sharpies sometimes work, depending on the type of glass, or it'll just rub right off. Um, but if you find pens that work, it's even better. And I will write the petition, or if I make a sigil or a symbol for the working, uh, or if there's any specific dates I want to add to the working, or anything uh-huh. like that, I decorate the whole outside of the glass. Uh-huh. Uh and that's how uh, that's how I like to anoint. It's right. not officially anointing, you you know, decorating glass, but it is. Well, it is yeah. because then
1: if you're again, the whole idea is you put your petition, you name the candle, right. you do something with it. Right. So either you're doing it on the glass or, you know, with you know, just wax tapers or even the little tea candles and stuff. You write on the wax and, you know, you, yeah. you draw on it that way. Right. So it's putting further energy into it. Right. Um, I mean, glass, you do it after, you know, a certain point of what you wanted to do. So you, you talk with it, you, you know, deal with it and you right. say, this is what I'm doing to you, you know, this is what you are. Um, and the same thing with fig Girl. You know, you draw on it, mm-hmm. and the skull candles, you draw on the skulls. and I mean,
2: you get creative. Right.
1: Um, I know that fixing um, figural candles specifically is that you turn them over mm-hmm. and you can pack them or load them. Right. So you hollow it out a little bit, and then you put more herbs and more things, and you can put a lodestone. You can do all the different things to make it more powerful according to what your spell is that you're doing, what yeah. you're calling in. And then you need to put it on a, a tray. You need to put it on a dish it's because candles that are, <laughs> will drip, will drip. And the same mm-hmm. thing with glass encased, yep. um, even uh, the tea candles. You yep. put them on something, and I usually put them on metal.
2: Yeah,
1: you want to be cautious
2: because wax doesn't come out easily. Mm-hmm. It makes a mess uh mm-hmm. Just be cautious. Yeah. So, yeah. And as far as carving into the wax of a candle, you don't need any special equipment or some fancy. I use a push pen. Same here. It works really good. Yeah, yeah. I actually,
1: at one point, I found this very long nail, and, and it's like a mini pen, sure. and I use that. But if I'm working in a particular place, I just, you know, and I don't have my little, Nail. Yeah. Um, I use a pen. Yep. You know, and they all ask, "Well, do you, do you use the asseme and all that?" And I'm like, "Well,
2: no. I just do what's available right. Right. because asseme is fine, but it's not easy to use an asseme to carve. Hell no. That that blade, whatever That's it is, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And those of us have tried. We
1: are. We have been um, battle scarred at times. Yeah. So, but that gives you how to dress it is not just the oil or the herbs, but it's what you want it to do. Right. It's the commanding of what you want it to do. Um, And in hoodoo, they talk about petitions and, you know, you write it out and you tape it to the outside of the glass candle or you put it underneath the candle. And the same thing is true when you're doing any other tapers. You can put it underneath. I tend to write on the wax. I'm really into that. Yeah. So Yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much that. And um Yeah, we have a demon in the phone. I know we do. About that. We apologize. It must be the Again, I'm beginning to get concerned that this subject matter has this <laughs> weird energy attached to it. Um I'm trying to hide it. It's really funny. I don't think that's going to fix it. I don't think it is <laughs> Anyway. Okay. So then we have candle colors. Right. Which is not just candle colors. I'm knocking on it to see if it will go away. Um, we'll keep
2: talking. If you're not able to listen because it's too annoying, we'll still be talking. We'll still be talking. <laughs> we have a tendency to to do that.
1: Anyway, so the color of the candle, we have, you know, the basics, Mm -hmm. all right, which of course is white. Yep. Okay. White is good for anything. Anything. If you can't find a particular color, then go with white. And uh, Elvira is very distracted. I am very distracted. This is really kind of, it's annoying because I don't know. Why it's doing that, but I'm sitting underneath it, so I—it's I kind of like I can't think. So you have white, you have black, which obviously is the polar opposite to white. Right. So you can always look at white as, you know, the light, and the black is, you know, a color that, or that's a non-color, um, to get rid of
2: things, right? Okay. It's also used for protection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's you know banishing and protection, which may seem like opposite things, but sometimes mm-hmm. they go together. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, we have the hoodoo,
1: um, the art of hoodoo candle magic, which of course also has um, on page 26 the color symbols. <clears throat> and then we have red, which at this point everybody looks at it as passion, right? And action. Um, so
2: it can be love. Mm -hmm. It's used a lot for love. Yep. I always suggest to people when they're doing love work, do you want more, like, romance and that energetic? Mm -hmm. Then go with pink. Do you want more passion and and intensity? Then go with red. Right. And And you want both, then burn both. Right. And
1: that's really important because, you know, the, the way they talk about it is the sexual potency is red and, the virtues of and of love and affection are right. pink. Yeah. So you have those. Um, yellow is kind of one of those where uh, <laughs> money and it's because it's colorless enough to gold. And if unless you can find actual gold-colored candles, which sometimes exist, um, but it's success and attraction and and it brings you know the creativity and imagination of the mind. Right. So. Um green is always the one that we look at for fertility and abundance and money right especially in the United States because our paper money is green green mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. so and we look at that as luck so that's another one of those and so anything to do with gambling you know people like to use that right um in terms of that and uh blue of course is you know, communication, inspiration, it's the mind, it's the, you know, if you're looking at things that might coordinate with the chakra colors, if you're right aware of the, the I shock. I always use blue for healing. Yes. That healing is also.
2: Tranquility, mm-hmm.
1: peace, mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. And then, um, interesting, purple which is, you know, it's interesting. I consider that the royal color, but then that's because it's always been touted as the royal color. But right. it's also justice. It can be used for justice. Um, and basically the higher psychic vibrations. Because, again, if you're going to chakra colors, it's the, the what they call the crown chakra, you know, which is right up there. Um, and quite frankly, it can be also control and domination. Right. Okay. And um, interesting is that brown, which again, you know, I don't know how many places actually have brown. I mean, yeah, it's not that common. It's not that common, but it is used for you know court casing and justice and um,
2: you know finding lost articles,
1: things like yeah, that. Yeah, I've
2: also have heard of people using brown for certain ally work, especially mm-hmm. working with animal or plant mm-hmm. allies mm-hmm. it's like an earth color. Right, right. But, you know, it's not a it's not a color you see very often. No. And then you have orange, which um,
1: it is a solar plexus, actually. It's interesting. But it's, you know, for hoodoo, they use it as a road opener and changing plans and ways and things like that. Um, so, you know, it is part of the, the the power structure. Right. All right. So, and then you get into, if you're lucky and you can find, you know, the gold. And sometimes it's not a gold all the way through. Usually it's like a foil over there. Yeah, the, you yeah, know, yeah, That kind of a thing. Yeah. Dipped in it's basically higher influences. Just think of what gold represents. Success, higher influences. Things can be coins. It could be money also. Right. Right. Yep. And then on the polar opposite, we have silver. Which again, opening up the gates of the psychic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, it's like that's the feminine, and the gold is the masculine, and you know you can work with some of the polarities too Right, sun
2: and moon. I've sun seen and moon, silver and gold used for sometimes, especially for Wiccan folks who may have a, a, a god or goddess requirement for mm-hmm. the altar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen people use. Gold and silver candles mm-hmm. that stand in for the god and the goddess. Right, right. You have statues. Right. Yeah. And then
1: you have the ones that they call double action, mm-hmm. you know, which is, uh, you know, a red and black. Okay. And then that one, this is hoodoo, um, is yeah. for, uh, it says basically love jinxing spells.
2: Yeah. The red over black, or black over red, or whatever reversing candles mm-hmm. I use for any kind of reversing, mm-hmm. and I know it like red is because of love or whatever, but I feel like any kind of that's my go-to for any kind of reversing right. work. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's because you.
1: I'm certain the red rock represents action, and the white and black is again that one is return evil to sender, okay. and then the the green and black. Is to send money, jinxing spells back. So, you know, it, the black being there, it's usually as a reversal to do something in a reversal form. And then sometimes they have um, a green and a, a, a green and a yellow, and a lot of times that's money and success and prosperity yeah. and things. Um, and mostly, I've seen those in glass candles. I think they do have them in, in the uh, the pillar candles. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, and, you know, these are correspondences. Colors are just spell work correspondences. Mm-hmm. Colors vibrate at different levels. Mm-hmm. You can incorporate that vibration into your spell work to help add oomph towards the goal that you want. Right. Uh, and so the co- the idea of these color correspondences translates to beyond candle magic. You can use it for any other kind of mm-hmm. working the clothes you wear, the foods you eat, making mojo bags, making a more complicated and elaborate altar. Mm-hmm. Like this, this color concept is it can be used in every place of your life. Right. Even if you look at uh, hospitals and corporations and and buildings, mm-hmm. the different paints that are used on the walls mm-hmm. are used intentionally to influence energy and uh, productivity. And the atmosphere right and I will on a side
1: note for those people who know the company called Target um, the one here in Santa Rosa area that is the older one they are renovating and they have painted the entire wall that you check out at the one that you face is all red yeah and I went in there and I mean, obviously they're renovating things, and of course their logo is a, you know, a, a basically a cir- red circle with another dot of circle with, right. you know, like a bullseye. I went in and I could not get out of there fast enough. I didn't want to shop. It made me. It I doesn't just, feel as good. I admit it, that because I am a Target fan. Yeah, so am I. And it doesn't. It's not as great. I was yeah. really upset with how they did it because it was it was very agitating and disturbing and you know it didn't make me want to stay and and you're thinking this is a retail store right it's not like a fast food restaurant where they want you to come in buy your food eat it and get the hell out of there so um yeah but that also is how it translates in the world the demon demon in the phone is getting more i don't know where we are in our time we're about done (laughs) <laughs> see, the maidens have spoken. Yes, yeah. yes. So we apologize for the poor quality. I we are demons. trying to work on our phone system. Yeah. So that's coming. That's coming down the road. So I guess we will see you next week in a live, yeah. live, live. Yep. And it's time. so good. be good. <laughs> Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> Bye.